if you're really into the numbers and you're really tracking things and you're a fictional author who knows what their lifetime value of a reader is, or you're a non-fictional author and you know what the lifetime value of your customer is because you're also driving people to a back-end course or, or a coaching program or even public speaking, if you know those numbers, then that's what you should be making decisions based on. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. How can Amazon ads help you sell more copies of your book? And what does the future of the platform look like? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. My guest this week is Alex Strathdee. He's the founder of Advanced Amazon Ads and he's also a best-selling Amazon author. Now, I've used Amazon ads since 2016 or 2017 to sell my non-fiction books. Back when I started using Amazon ads, it was really easy to get them working. Basically, I spent about an hour or two each week setting up new campaigns, turning off old ones and researching keywords for my ads. And because so few big publishers were on the platform, I was able to sell copies of books like The Power of Creativity and my series of writing books on a budget of five or ten dollars a day per ad set. Over the years, Amazon ads has gotten a lot more competitive. It's not possible to get the same return on books for the same budget. And in fact, when I logged into the platform recently, I was surprised by how much it had changed. So I wanted to talk to somebody who could talk me through what type of Amazon ad campaigns are working and how I could use them to sell more copies of my back catalog and also how I can use Amazon ads to sell copies of my parenting memoir, which I'm in the final stages of editing. In this week's interview, Alex also talks about the future of the platform. And that was one of my key takeaways from this week's interview. Yes, ads are important if you want to sell more copies of your book. You can use Amazon ads. They work particularly well for nonfiction. You can use Facebook ads, which work for fiction and nonfiction. And you can also use BookBub ads as well. I haven't used much of those type of ads before, but Amazon ads I've had good success with. However, if you want to earn more money from your writing, from your books, and from what all of your activities online, then think about the lifetime value of a reader, fan, or follower. In other words, if somebody buys one of your books, that's great, you'll get a couple of dollars. But what if they go on to buy three or four books in your series? Then that reader is worth a lot more to you than somebody who's bought one book. The same applies if you're writing nonfiction. So if you publish a nonfiction book, Have a strong call to action at the start of the book that directs your readers to a landing page on your website or your blog. And then you can give something away for free so they opt in to join your email list. And then perhaps they'll buy one of your courses, which could retail for several hundred dollars. They could take a coaching program out with you or they could buy another digital product that you've created. Now, here's what I did. So I wrote a three-part series about creativity. The book is called The Power of Creativity. And I sold copies of that book using Amazon ads. But it also gave away the first book in this series for free. And to this day, it still gets several hundred downloads each week from across the world. Some of those readers go on to buy book two and book three in the series, or they buy the entire compilation. Others click on the call to action at the front of that book to join my email list. I also have a free book of writing prompts, which I give away on Amazon. It's called Yes, You Can Write. And people who buy or download Yes, You Can Write 
see a call to action to visit my website and to opt in to my email list and then I'll offer them book two in the series and book three. And again, they may go on to buy these books or they might not, or they may go on to buy a digital course that I've created or some other product or service. So if you want to earn more money from writing books, consider what you can give away for free so you can encourage some readers to join your email list because then you own the relationship with them. Think of it this way. When somebody is on Amazon, your book is in competition with all of the other books that Amazon is displaying. And even if Amazon emails out a, we think you should buy this book email, there's still lots of other books in that email that could potentially claim your reader's attention over your work. On the other hand, with your email list, you can communicate directly with your readers about what you're writing and what you're doing. And you can even sell directly to your readers over your email list as well, potentially earning even more money. Now, the tool I use for my email list is ConvertKit and ConvertKit enables you to also build landing pages. If you would also want a dedicated landing page builder, another tool worth checking out is Lead Pages. And I've used that for some of the lead magnets on my site. But basically, it all comes down to having a strategy for self-publishing. In other words, don't think just about writing one book. Think about where the book fits in an overarching series or where the book sits in your ecosystem of digital products and digital services. Because chances are, if you're going to do this full-time and if you want to earn a good living from it, you're going to create something else, you're going to write something else and you're going to release something else out into the world. So how can you let your readers, fans and followers know about it? If you've got questions, please reach out to me on Twitter. It's at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N-J Collins. If you enjoy the show or this week's interview with Alex, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. For just a couple of dollars a month, I'll give you discounts on my writing courses, software and books. Or you can consider leaving a short review on iTunes or simply sharing the show on Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you're listening. Because more reviews and more ratings will help more people find the Become a Writer Today podcast. Now let's go over to this week's interview with Alex. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Brian. I was excited to talk to you. I've ran Amazon ads for, God, five years now. I mastered the way the platform works, stopped using Amazon ads, and I logged in a few weeks ago to find result changed. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm a beginner again, so I'm going to ask your for your help and pick your brain. But before we get into any of that, could you maybe give listeners a flavor for who you are and how you set up your company? Yeah, great question. And yeah, your story is not unlike most. It's you know, you try it at one point and then you, you look back in sometimes it seems like even just a week later now and Amazon has changed everything. But I started off actually as an author. I like to say never trust somebody who doesn't walk with a limp. And so I'm that author who walked with a limp. We ran uh, ads and we learned how not to do them to begin with. And through trial and error, started to get some ads that worked really well. And then a few authors took note of that. And just through word of mouth over the past two years, we took on more and more books until we've now worked on over 200 books and uh, overseen $300,000 in ad spend. So it's been quite the journey and it's been awesome because it's all just been through word of mouth. And I have such a passion for working with authors. And so it's been a real nice journey. That's an impressive budget that you've spent on Amazon. When I started using Amazon ads, one of the big challenges was getting Amazon to spend my budget every day. So I had between 10 and $100 per ad. And I mean, we'd rarely spend all that. Is that still the case? There's a lot of myths out there. Yeah, and that's the, one of them is that you can just put in a $100 budget for your campaign to the day and people expect that that's going to do better than if you put a $20 budget. And that's just not the case. So yes, it's, it's uh, hopefully we can debunk some of the myths along the way here, but 
it is definitely one of those things where there's no tricks to it. It's just a matter of consistency, time, effort, and month over month consistency is really the main thing. And that's how you get Amazon to spend your money. You don't do it just by throwing money at Amazon ads because it just won't work. It's just not a, a strategy that's ever going to work. I logged into my Amazon dashboard last week, archived all my old ads because they hadn't been running quite some time. And I set up some new ads auto display was is that the correct approach or would you have another strategy for listeners the number one thing for the novice or someone who is just getting started with their ads is yeah just set up some auto you're talking about auto sponsored campaigns yep yep just get those set up and don't you know you don't even have to use custom text standard text is fine especially if you're a non-fiction author your book title should do a, a good job at giving across that message anyway and you can spend way more time when you're targeting than the blurbs Fiction authors, obviously, it's a little different. You're going to want maybe some custom text in there because it's a little harder to for readers to see your title and kind of get a grasp for it. But yeah, that's the number one thing, Brian, is just get in there and set up your auto campaigns. You mentioned targeting. The way targeting works had changed as well. So what I did is I went through old ads and picked out some some keywords that had worked well, and I tried to figure out an approach to targeting based on that. Is that the way to do it? Or do you have another strategy? Yeah. How is that going so far? Have you been able to get some impressions, some clicks from those same keywords? Or what have you found with those same keywords? Well, I only set up the ads last Friday. So I got an email from Amazon yesterday saying I needed to increase my budget. So I'm going to log in this evening and see what it says. It must be getting some clicks then if that's the case, uh, because Amazon wouldn't send that unless you were getting some spend. So that's good to hear. The bids that worked about a year ago or even two years ago are no longer going to work today. And so there's a couple different strategies you can employ. A bunch of different strategies out there from various Amazon advertising experts who've been doing this for a long time. There's many different strategies and we can go into different things. But yeah, I mean, the core to start off with is look at what's worked in the past and build off of that. I mean, that that is your number one guiding light is to look at the keywords that have converted for you and use those to build out your new campaigns. If somebody's listening to this, they're thinking, I've never used Amazon ads before. This all sounds very expensive. What would you say? I would say start with the basics. There's no need to spend a... Uh, I mean, Brian, I know you have some amazing resources out there for authors. You know, whether it's courses uh, and different things, and there's some other people who have some great courses. I would recommend, I'm sure you're familiar, Brian, with Dave Chesson. He has a great intro Amazon ads course. And although that's not going to put you above the 99%, it is going to get you started. And so that is my favorite free resource that I tell authors to go look at just to get an understanding of, okay, I click here to do this, I click here to do this. It's not going to teach you strategy, it's more so just a how to guide to click things. But I mean, Brian, going back to what you did first, it's that auto campaign. That's the easiest thing. It's the low hanging fruit. It is the nice slice of chocolate cake at the end of the day that you get to enjoy. And there's not too much work that has to go into that chocolate cake. Like That is a campaign that you should definitely get going first. And I would recommend to the first time advertiser who gets in there. What about some of the other campaign options? I experimented with lock screen ads in the past. I found them quite hard to track in terms of sales and reporting, so I stopped using them. But I was listening to a podcast interview from somebody who was using lock screen ads, and he recommended them. Is Do they now work? Are they viable? Yeah. I'm curious as to who it was. I don't know if you want to call it out, but who it was that recommended them. It was an author called David Cadvey. He's been on the podcast before. He's recently published a book called The Zettelkasten Method. And he uses Amazon ads quite a lot to promote his nonfiction books. So, so it was interesting to me because I write nonfiction rather than fiction. 
So I was interested to see how he was getting on with lock screen ads, but he said that they helped him sell quite a few copies. Wow, that's interesting. Yes, I mean, that, I guess the, I'll give two a two prong answer to that. The first thing is, and as I recommend, try everything. What works for one author is going to work entirely different for another author. Now, with lock screen ads, here is why I personally don't recommend people run them: is because one, Amazon is still going to charge you for a click, even if a Kindle is offline. So when you're running lock screen ads, you're you know appearing on someone's Kindle page when it's just sort of sitting around. And when that Kindle isn't connected to Wi-Fi and someone clicks on that ad, Amazon still tracks that click, but they won't actually, it won't be taking anyone to your book. And so it's kind of a faulty system there. And it's just going to rack up spend without actually converting anyone to your product page. The second reason why I don't like lost screen ads is it totally takes away from the advantage of Amazon advertising. So lock screen advertising is pattern interruption. It's the same thing with Facebook ads where you are not on Facebook to buy something. You're on Facebook to look at pictures of your grandkids or you're there to interact in your favorite dog lovers local group, right? We all have those Facebook groups we love, but that is pattern interruption advertising. On Amazon, the wonderful thing about Amazon advertising is it's not pattern interruption. People are on Amazon to buy stuff. They're not on there for other purposes. And when you use lock screen ads, you're actually reverting back to pattern interruption advertising where people are actually now you know, in the middle of reading their book or they're picking up their Kindle. They're not hopping on that Kindle to buy something. They're on there to read something. And so that is why I personally recommend staying away from lock screen ads. But at the end of the day, you never know what's going to work for your book. And there are cases out there where lock screen ads have done really well for some people. So that's just my two cents on, on the topic. When I was using ads in the past, the reporting was quite difficult to understand. It would take several days for the ACOS score to update. So what I ended up doing is use the spreadsheet to track the sales manually versus my ad spend and work out a conversion rate. Is ACOS score and some of those other metrics on the dashboard still slow to update based on ads? There's, so yes, they're absolutely still slow. You can't expect a reliable reporting within the past seven to 14 days. You just can't. I've even seen past 30 days Amazon make adjustments. So yes, they're still slow. There's two camps out there and depends on how much of a rabbit hole you want to go down here, Brian. But there's two camps out there who some say that the AMS dashboard is completely reliable. And then there's some that say that it is not reliable at all. And regardless of which camp you're in, yes, still do not make any decisions on your ads within the past 14 days if you're looking at the data of your AMS account. And when I am ready to make a decision based on the ad performance, should I still be checking my actual sales on the sales dashboard rather than what's on the ad dashboard? Yeah, on your KDP dashboard. Is that what you're yeah. Yes. Here's what I would recommend is, so again, going back to the two camps here, and this is sort of the one that I fall under. So if your ads are doing well enough and Amazon, you have a high enough conversion rate where Amazon sees, yes, this is a book that when people see it, they want to buy it. Amazon will actually start to promote that in their newsletters. You know, we all receive emails from Amazon saying, hey, buy this. And Amazon also has other advertising distribution networks. So when Amazon starts to see that your product has a high conversion rate, they'll start to organically push that product themselves. And so that is why I know there is many authors out there who on their KDP side of things, they're like, wow, I'm, I'm getting so many sales, but I'm not seeing these sales on my AMS dashboard. So then they equate that that AMS dashboard is actually faulty when instead it's just a matter of Amazon is actually just pushing it organically. And yeah, those, those sales aren't coming from the ads, but because you have such a great conversion rate and Amazon thinks you have a great product, it's going to push your book. So 
it's a sort of a, an interesting conundrum there. Some people equate it to, no, those sales are definitely coming from the ads themselves. And so they equate the AMS dashboard to being inconsistent. So it just depends on which camp you fall into. But when it comes to, if you're going to make adjustments on your ads, you have to have some sort of reference point. And so I like to look at the AMS dashboard as the, okay, should I keep this ad going or should I not keep this ad going? Because at the end of the day, that's the only data points you have regarding whether or not an ad has the metrics that you're looking for. Okay, makes sense. So if I'm ready to run Amazon ads, can I succeed with a couple of hundred dollars a month? Or if I have more money, can I spend more money? What's the typical budget that your authors or clients are typically working with? Great question. We usually recommend a $200 budget to start off with. And that's just going to cover the test to run on getting ASIN campaigns up and going, category campaigns up and going, performance keyword campaigns up and going, and research campaigns up and going. And so that $200 budget is just basically something you always want to have all of your campaigns in a portfolio with a monthly budget, because that is your one way to really say, Amazon, cut the spend if you hit this level. So first of all, always make sure it's in a portfolio and, and has, a, has that budget cap. Uh, and then from then on, it just depends. I mean, you know, we have authors who spend $2,000 a month on Amazon ads, but wow, their sales are six, 7,000. So it makes a difference they can afford to increase the spend because the sales are there to support it. So that's how we do it. We like to do it incrementally. And anyone out there who's doing it themselves, I would recommend start with a $200 budget, make sure you have that portfolio cap on there. And then once Amazon starts to spend that money, look at the return you're getting. You know, Maybe your return, if you're really into the numbers and you're really tracking things and you're a fictional author who knows what their lifetime value of a reader is, or you're a non-fictional author and you know what the lifetime value of your customer is because you're also driving people to a back-end course or or a coaching program, or even public speaking, if you know those numbers, then that's what you should be making decisions based on. So really, it just comes down to, you know, set a budget. And then once you hit that budget, reassess, am I hitting the metrics I'm looking to? And then you can decide whether or not you want to increase that budget, or if you want to actually look for ways to cut spend within your campaigns, which there usually is always some keywords that are racking up the most amount of spend that you can cut. So that's what I'd recommend there. Makes sense. Are Amazon ads more successful for fiction authors or non-fiction authors, or does it matter? Yeah, great question. So from what I've seen, uh, in terms of the success being money that can possibly be made from Amazon advertising, non-fiction authors have an advantage because if you have a non-fiction author who sells a $10,000 backend coaching program from their book, their advertising cost is marginal compared to the the lifetime value of their customer. Let's say it takes 10 readers to get one lead into their their funnel. And let's say that the their value per lead is around $250. You can equate that to every reader's worth $25 to them as opposed to you know let's say you have a fiction author who has a curative who has a seven series book. They're going to have a lot less money that can be made off of that the value per reader could potentially be a lot lower than the uh, the nonfiction author. So basically, it comes down to if you are a fiction author, make sure you have a series. And I'm sure, Brian, you preach this as well, is the fiction author who writes one book, two books is not going to make money off their books. They, they need to have a series in there. But overall, I think the nonfiction author has more to gain. But if you are a fiction author, you can still win. You just need to make sure you have three plus books in your series. Okay, makes sense. When I was running Amazon ads, previously, I spent a lot of time on reporting using a spreadsheet. Got to the point where I said that this isn't why I wanted to write books. So I reduced my spend on Amazon ads and accept 
the drop in book sales. Is that something you help clients with to understand what value they're getting from an advertising campaign? Yeah, so that is where we live. That's why we exist, is authors didn't start writing to become PPC specialists. And PPC, I mean, pay-per-click, right? Like, Brian, you enjoy writing. You don't enjoy becoming a, a data scientist looking at this stuff all day long. And that's where I came in, is I noticed that there was this gap where there wasn't really any service out there that actually provided a service that went beyond just setting up a few campaigns and then yeah marginally making tweaks no one was actually providing a service that actually went into the nitty-gritty of of the data behind it and so that's where you know we've been fortunate to build out a team who actually has time to do this month over month to actually go in and make sure that you know your numbers and we actually have the target metrics that we need to be hitting and it's all based on data as opposed to gut feeling which unfortunately is how a lot of authors run their campaigns. I mean, there's some accounts that I've gotten into where I've seen spend upwards of $5,000 with absolutely no sales to back it up. And it, it kills me because Jeff Bezos does not need any more of your money. <laughs> so like always a fan of doing things by the data. And we have a lot of free resources on our website to our, our blog where we point out, we write about how to track your read-through rate, how to get your lifetime value customer, and then bring that all the way down to well, what is the, the value of a reader. And so you actually know, okay, well, if I'm spending a dollar per click, you know, that gives me a 50% margin or, or whatever have you. So we want to make sure that you understand your numbers. And those were our favorite authors, the ones who were able to walk through and say, okay, here's the actual value of your entire series, as opposed to here is the, oh, wow, you're losing money on this one book when, yeah, but if you look at the read-through rate, and, you know, book one through book seven, you're actually doing quite well. So, yeah, we like to make sure that our customers understand the value behind the campaigns. And also that allows them to win. The, the person who knows their numbers is always going to be able to outbid the author who is just trying to make money on one book alone. Because once you understand the value of that click or the value of that reader, it allows you to actually be able to more strategically target what you need to be targeting. Speaking of targeting, do you have a preference for Kindle versus paperback versus audio? Yeah. So audio, you're, not allowed, you're still not able to specifically advertise for the audio on AMS platform. But when it comes to a big shift happened last year where Amazon said, if you target the Kindle and only the Kindle, when someone clicks on your ad for the Kindle and buys a paperback, we're not going to tell you that that paperback came from that ad. And what that did is it made it a lot more difficult to be specific for the Kindle or the paperback. Personally, I like to target both the Kindle and the paperback in every single ad just for tracking purposes. There are some people out there who do say that, yes, targeting the Kindle or targeting the paperback. There are two different uh, markets, which yes, I do agree with that to some extent. But at the end of the day, to me, it's more important to get all of the tracking that comes along with running your campaign for either copy. Because there's a lot of times that someone will click on your paperback ad and buy the Kindle or someone will click on your Kindle ad and buy the paperback. To me, it's more important to be able to see which campaigns are the, the performing campaigns or which targets are actually performing. Because if someone bought the paperback off one of those ads, but you didn't see that paperback and you shut off that keyword, you just shot yourself in the foot. So that's why I like to include both of those targeting. You know, I wish Amazon didn't do that. And I wish, you know, they just showed sales no matter what the product it was that, that you selected. But unfortunately, we have to work with these overlords that sit above us called uh, Jeff Bezos and all of his data centers that make these decisions for us. And we just kind of have to do what we can. So 
Speaking of doing what you can, I understand you have proprietary software that helps with running your campaigns. Yeah, in my previous life, I was a software engineer. So I graduated and went to work for a, a tech company and it was wonderful. But I was like, well, if I'm willing to work this hard for someone else, why not work this hard for myself? So I had a little bit, and you understand this as a, as a fellow entrepreneur as well, Brian, and all of you readers out there, you know, that is not just a, you begin not just to think of yourself as an author, but as an authorpreneur, really. And so one of the things that I did early on, which allowed us to actually be able to take on more clients was scaling through technology. So I built out a using Python. I didn't know Python at the time, but I actually and this is, I guess, a little more personal, but I quit my job to go travel the world. I had free flights on my mom's. She worked for American Airlines. And so I was going to go travel the world. And that was my goal. This is why I quit my job. I was like, there must be more to the world. And then this little thing called COVID happened, Brian. I don't know if you've heard of it. So <laughs> traveling, uh, uh, traveling daily workout and, and the president at the time made a, a statement of, well, we're closing the borders. And I was one of those people in Europe at the time getting the, a last minute flight back to the US. And it was actually on that flight back to the US that I wrote the code for the program. So I, I love flying. I've always found that to be like one of the most focus oriented time because there's so so few distractions. But yeah, something good came out of a bad thing there, I guess, of almost not being allowed back in the US. And so luckily, I was able to, to write the program it took me about 11 hours. And that, that was using something called Python. Was this before you started the business or afterwards? This was uh, early on. So we took on, we had about, we were working with around 10 authors at the time. And I just thought, well, wouldn't this be easier if I had a, I saw that there was an opportunity knowing a couple of different things that you can do with different programming languages and different programs. I basically just saw the opportunity. I was like, well, hang on, this is a task that I could totally automate using Python. And so I had a little, little background, but basically just went heavy into learning exactly how to do that. And it's like one of my favorite things. I geek out of it. I geek about it sometimes. I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Meeks, but he's a good friend of mine. And we'll literally just sit on video calls sometimes and I'll just show him my program run. It's like, it's magic. My laptop and mouse basically move around the screen without me clicking anything. And it basically sets up all of my campaigns for me, which is fun. But anyway, enough about me geeking out about technology. <laughs> oh, it's, impre it's impressive because it, it can be quite time consuming when you're trying to do ads at scale. At one point I had over a hundred ads running, but keeping track and setting them all up. It took an hour or two every other day to, to stay on top of them. So where do you think Amazon ads are going? What's the future of ads? Have you read anything by Russell Brunson by chance? I've read some of his books about uh, creating funnels and also creating digital products, but has, has he a new book related to books? So he has a book related to PPC platforms and the, he doesn't talk about Amazon per se, and this is specifically in Traffic Secrets. It's honestly been a game changer for my business and also just how I think about marketing. I, I can't recommend that book enough. But within Traffic Secrets, he talks about how Facebook ads and Google ads have just gotten so expensive over the past few years. And in earlier on, it was so easy. He talks about how he made potato cannons and he made a CD and sold a CD on Google about how to make potato cannons. And it was so easy for him to make money in those early days. And Brian, when you were advertising a few years ago, I'm sure you saw this on Amazon, it probably wasn't as hard as, as it is today to get a return on those ads. And it's because earlier on that clicks are cheap with all of these platforms, they start off where there's not as much competition, sort of a blue ocean, things are good. Now, 
Amazon is still maturing. I think we've hit sort of, if we were to equate it to human ages, I think we've hit those teen years. We're no, no longer in those, those kid days where, you know, everything's green and everything's nice and beautiful and, you know, opportunities are endless. You know, we've hit those teen years where life has started to hit a little hard now and you start to learn a little more about life. And that's where we are with Amazon PPC, where, you know, the same way that Google got really expensive, and Russell Brunson could no longer make money off his potato cannons because the cost per click had gotten so high. And same thing with Facebook, the cost per click, I'm sure for a lot of those out there who are Facebook advertisers, costs have only gotten more expensive. Amazon is that next platform to really mature in terms of the people who will continue to be able to make money on the uh, Amazon advertising are people who really understand the value per customer. If you're a fiction author, that's value per reader. And if you're a nonfiction author, then that's a lifetime value of customer. And as it's matured, people have caught on to, they understand the, they understand the value of these things, of these readers. And so they're always going to beat out everyone else in how much they're able to bid for a click. And over time, that only drives up clicks, the cost per click. And so that is where we are today is it's still maturing. There's still a lot of opportunity. I still have a lot of authors who do make money off of one book, but over the next year or two, I think we'll see a shift where authors, I'm in authors forums for hours per day. And I see people constantly complaining about cost per click. They're like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's chorus is out right now. So everyone's doing Amazon ads and that's what's making everything so expensive. That's not going to go away. And that's where the reader who can continue to really make sure their book has great call to actions to backend, you know, items that allow the reader to go deeper with their content. Those are the authors who are going to be able to continue to profitably advertise on Amazon. Okay, makes sense. So do you believe a lot of the book publishers are now using Amazon ads as well? When I started, they weren't really. I think they're getting wise to it. You would still be amazed. And we have a lot of book publishers who actually uh, white label our, our service. A traditional publisher, some of the modern publishers, they get it. They live in this new modern world. We work with a lot of really smart publishers, but they're traditional guys. Yeah are still very focused on very traditional marketing methods. And maybe there is also some, you know, they're like, oh, we should try this Amazon ads things. And because uh, Amazon ad thing, and because they've got deep pockets, they can just kind of throw $2, $3 clicks at things and not actually have an effective way to track or even be monitoring those ads. So they might not be doing it efficiently. And then after a long time, they might just say, oh, well, we give up. This isn't that effective. So I don't know that traditional publishers are necessarily really crowding out things too much at the moment but there are a lot of modern ones who i do think understand the value and they even push with their authors they're like hey you're not going to make money on the book they build out the back end files i mean there's someone who uh, is a good friend of ours who who helps authors i don't know if you know carrie Oberbrunner. he uh, basically sets up on the back end of a book like 18 streams of income for authors to make so that way the value of a reader is a whole lot more than just the reading of that book because people are always looking for opportunities to go deeper deeper with content you know whether it's oh i've read this book i love your book now i want to be able to go deeper with you in in this next path so if you're able to set those up you don't have to worry about the traditional publishers focus on what you can control which is really making sure that you have a great value of lifetime or you know you know your your value of the customer my understanding that the best way to do that is to have a call to action at the start of the book that directs readers to a landing page where you offer, could be another book or an interview or some bonus related to what they've just read. Is, is that the strategy that you find is still working? 
Yes. And I am actually releasing a book uh, in early August. Uh, for anyone who's a listener of Brian's show here, you'll get this book for free. You know, at the end, I can link out, I can give you a, a website that you can visit to get that book for free. But basically, in that book, one of the main things that we talk about so, Pat Flynn launched a book, I believe it was 2016, it was Will It Fly? And in that book, he offered a complimentary course at the beginning of that book that goes along with the book. And it is so much value that people couldn't help but go on and obviously become a lead and, and say, yes, here's my email address. Can I get access to your course? And so I think that you have to, you know, we're getting to the point where you need to make sure your call to actions are so much value. I mean, this is Pat Flynn walking you through the book. I mean, what better opportunity to go through a book than to have the author complimentary course going along with it? I mean, it's almost like even if you're a fiction author and you have a romance novel, it's almost, you know, we love these behind the scenes documentaries on Netflix, right? It's like, what if you're even able to give a reader that same commentary as they go through the book? Or, you know, nonfiction author helping them walk through some of the more complex concepts in a different medium. Some people need visual, some people need audio to really understand and grasp things. So I would recommend my favorite call to action is actually a free complimentary course at the beginning of a book. And that's how Pat Flynn ended up by, uh, as soon as he, he then offered a paid version of the course to that same audience. And on that day, I think he made six figures just from that alone, because he had so many people sign up for that free course that complimented the, the book. It's a good idea. Falek, where can people learn more about your services or work with you? Yep, you can find us at www.advancedamazonads.com. And like I said, anyone who is a listener of Brian's show here, if you go to www.advancedamazonads.com slash gifts, I believe, let me just verify that real quick, then you'll actually get a free copy of our new book that's coming out. And uh, along with, you'll get a coupon. Yep, it's advancedamazonads.com slash gifts. You'll also get a coupon for our Amazon ads course. And then on top of that, you'll also get on our subscriber list where we're consistently sending out anything that we see that you need to be aware of in the space. We free resources on our website, blogs, all that jazz. So you get the deal. But yeah, Brian also, I mean, you have incredible resources for your authors as well. So as long as they're getting it from one of us, they're in good shape. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please consider leaving a short review on the iTunes store or sharing the show on Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you're listening. More reviews, more ratings and more shares will help more people find the Become a Writer Today podcast. And did you know for just a couple of dollars a month, you could become a Patreon for the show? Visit patreon.com forward slash become a writer today or look for the support button in the show notes. Your support will help me record, produce and publish more episodes each month. And if you become a Patreon, I'll give you my writing books, discounts on writing software and on my writing courses. Thank you.